Hello, lords, ladies, and lovelies. My name is Leah Dorsey. And I'm Yasmeen Hill. And this is Black Girl Tea Party. Let's just jump right into it with The Brew, our first segment where we'll give you the highlights of what is happening in pop culture right now. So Yasmeen, what's heating up in the world out there? Well, it is always something, but I have some good news. Nick Jr. is dropping the good kind of heat with their new animated TV series made by Maddie. So this show follows a young, black, aspiring fashion designer. So we're always here for the representation. Premiering Sunday, September 13th in this new series, quote, follows eight-year-old Maddie in New York City as she uses her imagination and design ingenuity to turn every problem into a positive with this perfect fashion fix. So this is just a great development, I think, for television. I will be definitely tuning in to watch my girl Maddie solving everyone's problems, looking cute. Really, it's everything that I needed. Eight-year-old me needed it. 21-year-old me needs it now. So it, it sounds, sounds really cute. cute. Right? I, I I would show this to my to my nephew. I would let him watch this. <laughs> um, but yeah, as for me, for what's brewing in the world, we need to talk about the passing of the king, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, he passed earlier this week to cancer. Um, I found out about it because my partner sent me a text saying that he passed. And to be honest, I really didn't believe it, but I really am sending out good vibes and prayers to his friends and family during this time. Um, he will be incredibly missed. Yeah, very deeply. Yeah. Um, in happier news uh, this week, I finally watched Black is King. Um, and it's a visual masterpiece because Beyonce keeps giving us gifts. Mm-hmm. Gifts that we don't deserve, but she again gives them. Again. Yes, she gives them to us for us to enjoy. I loved it so much. I've been listening to the Gift Deluxe album on repeat. Um, and that is all for this week's brew. Oh, if we're done brewing, then I think that means it's tea time. So this week for tea time, we're talking about black hair care. And I think for black women, especially hair is incredibly personal. Yasmin, what does your hair care routine look like? Well, I'm so excited to be talking about black hair this week, but my routine constantly changing. It is constantly changing. I'm I'm always trying out new things and new techniques to really get my curls popping the way that I want them to. Um, but for right now, if I'm not wearing a protective style, I like to wash reserve Sundays for my wash days, which I feel like a lot of people can relate to. Uh, so I'll do a shampoo, deep conditioner, detangle conditioner, oil, cream, gel if I feel like it, diffuse, go on with my week, and pray that I don't get any tangles. But that's not going to happen. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's my routine. I always find it hard to like... I don't know why I dread like wrapping my hair up at night. I don't know. It feels like a like a real chore and it isn't. It is not. I'm just lazy. <laughs> so I want to find satin pillowcases, but that's oh my, my routine. God. I just 
Got a satin pillowcase when I moved in. Is it amazing? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's like my firstborn child. Wow. I I love yeah. my pillowcase so much. Um, and I bought like a new bonnet because I wanted a pretty one. But that's just for like when like I go home and I won't take the pillowcase with me because I'm renting this place. But you know, um, I love it so much. You're very pro-bonnet. Yes. This, <laughs> <on> this show. <laughs> pro-bonnet on this podcast. Um, but for me, like I just transitioned to natural hair last December. Um, and so for me, it's been about like learning what to do with my hair. I just learned about the LOC method, um, which is like leave-in oil <laughs> cream. I just learned about that. And so like on my wash days, which are also like Saturdays or Sundays, depending on like what the mood is, it's like shampoo condition. And then I... I'll do like a leave-in hair mask and I'll leave that on for like 30 minutes and I'll rinse that off and then I'll like grease my hair and then I'll use my leave-in, con- my regular like everyday leave-in conditioner um, and oil, but I also put hair milk on my ends because my ends are super dry. Um, I just, I just figured out how to get my ends together. Uh, so we're all, we're all learning here. And speaking of learning, I was reading an article um, by Allure about what black women are doing during quarantine. Because as you know, a lot of uh, hair stores closed down because they weren't considered like essential businesses. Um, And so left left a lot of people just trying to figure out what to do. Now, they couldn't go to the hair store to get their products. Um, And Juana Thompson was asked what she learned about her hair during quarantine. And she said... Stock up on all items, including braiding hair, grease, gel, combs, edge control, elastic bands, just about anything. The pandemic left me having to wait for egregious shipping times, and I didn't like that at all. Every black woman should have a mini beauty supply in her linen closet. Um, And they asked another person, Miss Asia Leeds, um, if she felt more connected to her blackness from having to actually like take care of her hair um during quarantine and she said braiding my own hair makes me feel more connected to my blackness i feel beautiful and powerful in braids when i'm wearing them i feel very connected to my african heritage um in in normal circumstances i get my braids done at the salon with french and wolof speaking west african braiders so i definitely miss the, the diasporic experience And I think this is really true to anyone who gets their hair done in a salon because it's a bonding experience between you and every woman in there. Yeah, I started uh, doing my own braids, I think, maybe about a year, a year and a half ago. And it is so liberating. Like, oh my gosh, I can do this thing by myself. I have this skill that I will always have that I can teach other people or, you know, help do my friend's hair. And I think even that experience, um, definitely, definitely echoes what, uh, Miss Leeds was talking about. So honestly, I couldn't even get my braids done because of quarantine because I didn't want to go in my braiders home with everything happening because I'm immunocompromised and I didn't want to do that, but I, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you (laughs) getting Oh my gosh, my chair is open. But in that same article, uh, the women mentioned having to look presentable even for their Zoom calls. And so this is such an understandable struggle because for black people, our hair is 
often more scrutinized than other minority groups. And in 2016, um, many students staged a protest at Pretoria High School for Girls in South Africa. So these students um, alleged that teachers were discriminating against them for their Afros and their natural hair and not giving them the same treatment as their white counterparts. Chastity Jones was offered a job in 2010 with Catastrophe Management Solutions in Alabama, but they rescinded her job after she refused to not to wear her hair in locks. She sued the company, but they insisted that her hair violated their company policy, which really we need to start talking about how companies can police hair. Say it. Say it again. <laughs> we need to talk about how companies feel like they can police hair the way that it grows out of our scalp. Um, yes. And this idea that looking neat and professional is really just a tool to be anti-black. <laughs> right. right. Because it's like people of other backgrounds don't have to have like entire like conversations about what is presentable in their workplace with like their hair that grows naturally out of their scalp and it's really it's really unfortunate for black people that that has to be our struggle like because also last year in 2019 a 16 year old african-american wrestler from buena regional high school andrew johnson was told by a white referee to cut his dreadlocks before a wrestling match or he had to forfeit because they said that his hair violated their rules and so there's a video that went super duper viral of this referee cutting his dreadlocks um, and it really kind of opened the whole entire country up after this video went viral to like the way that we think about black hair and kind of how there are these systems in place that prevent us from wearing it in the way that it grows out of our hair or the way that connects us to culture. Yeah, because I know that. Yes, I think we just have to stop conflating um, the way black natural hair looks with being unruly or untamed unprofessional i think um and this this story of this young man's dreadlocks literally being cut in front of everybody like that's so dehumanizing and i think really opened up a larger conversation about one the rhetoric that we used to describe black hair but also like systems in place and quote rules that are in place to to police our physicality our presence our right (laughs) right and it i think it's so wild to me that like black people have to have a law that says that we can wear our hair in the way that we want to because in california they instituted the crown act which stands for create respectful and open workplace for natural hair um and the law the california law reads the history of our nation is riddled with laws and societal norms that equates blackness and the associated physical traits, for example, dark skin, kinky, and curly hair, to a badge of inferiority, sometimes subject to separate and unequal treatment. And the bill continues, and it says, Professionalism was, and still is, closely linked to European features and mannerisms, which entails that those who do not naturally fall into Eurocentric norms must alter their appearances, sometimes drastically and permanently, in order to be deemed professional. Which is really just, like, the key way to think, that we think about hair, kind of, in the world. Like, I got my afro, like, right um, around the time that I was going to be accepted for a fellowship or go to interview for a fellowship. And when I got, when I cut it into this Afro, I was like, what did I do? What if they don't want to work with me because they don't think I've come to this interview in a professional manner? Um, and it's just like, 
my afro is how my hair looks. It's just how it grows from my scalp. Um, but also, black hair is deeply connected to culture. An article by the BBC reads that in early African civilizations, hairstyles could indicate a person's family background, tribe, or social status. Um, journalist Lori Tharps, who co-wrote a book, um, Hair Story, about the history of black hair, says that just about everything about a person about says just about everything about a person's identity could be learned by looking at their hair because you have um this article goes on to talk about men from the wolof tribe who when they went to war they wore their hair in a braided style and it talks about how like it went on to talk about how women in mourning do their hair differently in a more like subdued style. Um, the journalist goes on to say in this article, what's more is that many believe that hair, given its close locations, locations to the sky, was a conduit for spiritual interaction with God. And so it's literally, right, it's literally connected to spirituality in some cultures. Um, and then... This article was all talking about how in the 1960s, during the civil rights movement, um, the Afro was a symbol of rebellion and pride and empowerment. Because in the era before, people wanted to straighten their hair to be more like more respectable um, in the U.S. But like the movement happened, they were like, you know what? Let's let's leave the relaxer at home, yeah, and let's just actually wear our afros yeah. out. Um, and so, and so. Um, basically these, that's when the Afro comb emerged, especially the one with a black power fist on the handle, which is the one that I have. Um, yes, I love it. I spent a lot of time picking up my Afro. More recently, we've entered another like natural hair movement. I wonder what that is called. I wonder that what that should be called. Honestly, Honestly, history will tell us, but I do think that like, I think you're right though. I think, I think a lot of people are caring more about natural hair now, but also we are continually living in a time of like racial and civil unrest. So it just kind of, of yeah. So it seems like honestly really fitting to be honest that we're like, you know what, what if we did these things that like emphasized our blackness which you know like when you talk about how people appropriate black hair they're like oh why does everything have to be about race why does everything have to be so political and it's like well if we look at it it is very much about race it is very much about like politics because like hair is kind of always meant that yeah i think for black people it's for us to separate um the personal from the political when your very personhood is like picked apart for social sampling and like used as a symbol um i think it's really hard to for some people to make that distinction yeah yeah and even going further as far as like things connected to spirituality in the 1930s the rastafari theology came um developed in jamaica from the ideas of marcus garvey who was a political activist who wanted to improve the status of black people uh in his nation and across the world and so Believers of the Rastafari lifestyle are forbidden from cutting their dreadlocks. So, you know, hair is just kind of deeply personal because of so many other factors. Not only, like, just kind of, like, your personal connection to your hair and the way that it looks, but also, like, to the way it makes you feel in your innermost self. Yeah. 
So, yeah, and it's kind of, like, sad that you, we have to have entire, like, bodies, bodies of, of laws. Put to, in place. Yes, yes to mandate because that we can do it. We've seen these hairstyles that are very specific to our culture be demonized. School children can't wear speci- uh, certain hairstyles because, I don't know, I still haven't found, like, a very valid reason. And, you know, we conflate uh, hairstyles like dreadlocks with being dirty or something like that. And I think right. all of that is rooted in anti-blackness you could have guessed it but i yeah but even with initiatives like the crown act there still seems to be a lot of competing opinions about what acceptable natural hair looks like but um as we're seeing more spotlights being put on hair discrimination in the beauty industry new products and brands are continually uh emerging so i found an article from the root that was published tuesday that covers the launch of a new natural hair care brand called bread and maisha kai writes anyone who has natural hair knows it's a surprisingly labor-intensive personal endeavor the cocktailing of products the detangling the deep conditioning the protective styling the tutorials who has time for it all and honestly when i read that i said wow this is my whole routine yes who has time for it all so bread is supposed to cater to the the minimalist natural the the lazy natural and i think that that's a really interesting stance to take so you know in in any ethnic hair care section of whatever store you shop in regardless of how well stocked it is you'll be surrounded by concoctions and creams that claim to reduce frizz and and tame your curls and kinks and i think the emergence of this this brand and what um the founder Mava Heim really i think what inspired her was that anti anti-frizz rhetoric so like even in aisles of hair care that is you know quote for us a lot of them aren't even black owned and so when we are really sort of looking at the way that we describe our hair and I think bread which it's called bread because bread is both a staple and an indulgence in your diet and it's like wow snaps that's poetry (laughs) (laughs) like um I know that Haim created a collection of essentials for a more casual approach to natural hair. So it's less about taming your frizz and reducing this and more about like keeping and maintaining healthy, hydrated, moisturized hair. Which is how it should be. And I was thinking about that and it's like, that's kind of the thing about like living in a black body is because like people are going to always put assumptions on the way that you look um like if you have an afro it's kind of associated with like black supremacy and it's very like militaristic um i wish you could see yasmin (laughs) but um it's associated with like this very like militaristic kind of person and then like if you have dreads you're thought of as dirty or maybe like you smoke a lot of weed when in fact like it's just hair just be very Right. Just want to wear dreadlocks, and that is one hundred percent perfectly fine. My mother has dreadlocks. Right. So, my cousin has had dreadlocks for like years, and his are beautiful and neat and clean, and he takes really good care of them. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like, you know, there's no reason to put all of these assumptions on people who you don't know. You know, it's really the first thing. How I guess why do you think? 
people have so much inquiry about black hair to the point where they feel like they have a right to touch it. Yeah, I don't know. I just think like people feel like they need access to everyone. I feel like that happens in matter like the marginalization, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, like, it's, like people who experience ableism, um, especially people who are like visibly disabled, talk about people like touching their wheelchairs, talk about people kind of like asking what happened to them. And it's like, or it's kind of like with queer people, people ask you like, are you sure? Like, do you know? All this kind of other stuff. I think people just have a very deep need to like know things about other people, you know, which is really like odd about being a person. But I think people just feel like they, if you if you if you are not living the experience of someone else, I think it's like this like curiosity people have. But also I think it's like people feel kind of entitled to that knowledge. They wonder why you don't want to share it with them. And it's like, well maybe I just want to be in the store getting some coffee. Or, you know, I just want to be in class and like doing the things we do in class. I don't want to have to explain my whole like life experience to you. Yeah. You know, and I think that's kind of like what is happening with people like have so many questions or like inquiries about like black hair you know as well as kind of like especially for black people especially it's it's the racism it's the it's the you have met one black person who like fits the stereotype and so therefore you have put it on to everyone else so i think that's also what's happening there but i also think it puts you in a really weird position if somebody ask you that question like oh can I touch your hair and god forbid that they start touching it without asking which is definitely I know that that's happened to you that's definitely happened to me so because I mean it's either yes I'll I'll submit and let you touch my hair in order to avoid some big ordeal or I will say no which is completely within my right to do because it is my hair and no one really is entitled to touch it except for me right and then be this mean angry black woman who doesn't want you to touch her hair and so I I definitely feel like it puts you in a weird position right and like this is why we get so upset about like people who aren't black like having these hairstyles you know because it's like here I am in my black body with maybe like with my dreadlocks and then like and I'm seen as like kind of dirty and unclean and as like a pothead you know and then like here is this like white person at Coachella or somewhere else with dreadlocks and they're seen as like earthy and like bohemian and full of like peace and love and goodness and it's like right it's high fashion and it's just not like a I don't know it's I feel like it's downplaying to say that it's unfair but like it kind of really is not when you could not when like I could be denied like access to like housing and jobs and like other people by virtue of the way that I look when like this other person can just go about their lives you know like people aren't gonna like touch that other person on the street and want to know what's going on with them people aren't going to like assume thing about that other person's life you know they're just going to like be like oh that's a really cool hairstyle and they're gonna move on you know but that doesn't happen to black people you know like i was in high school girl mm-hmm. i was sitting in my chair in physics no, talk about and it. i had braids for like the first time talk and i was feeling it. so good and this girl comes up from behind me i don't even see her no, <laughs> and, she, and she rakes her hands Rake. through 
all of my singles and I said <laughs> I felt accosted I really did like and it, that's what and that's really what it is because it's like someone has come into your personal space without asking you know and she's like oh my god look at all of these and I was like I wish you had I wish you had just like looked and not touched which is just a kindergarten rule we learned yeah. that in kindergarten you, you go you go and stuff with your mama and she says keep your hands to yourself because i'm not buying nothing no i've said it before i'll say it again the moral of the story is black hair is a museum look but do not touch yes but that's 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 what we do and they want to like pet you like you're a petting zoo and it's like i'm not i'm not on my purse no but if we're going to talk about appropriation Let's talk about my good sis Adele. I oh, guess not my good sis anymore, but <laughs> Oh Lord. I I saw her in the Bantu Knots on Instagram. I said, who did this? <laughs> I don't know who led her astray, but Who let who let her I This is the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. When styles that are very specific to our culture that we have been demonized for wearing are then picked apart and worn by non-black celebrities who have this platform where they could be educating Mm -hmm. instead you're taking something that doesn't belong to you and either calling it something else or saying that oh i just think the style is cute no biggie right don't be mad girl if i have to hear the term boxer braids boxer braids bo derrick braids glass hair right what is like what is that that? but like that is and like i don't think that people are thinking about how like what the impact that has you know like when i first went natural like i didn't want to wear my box wear my bantu knots out in front of people because the ones i did people were like staring at me on the street and like wondering like in a very like obvious way like you feel i felt the eyes on me when i was walking to class and i just never did it again i wore a beanie over my over my bantu knots after that you know meanwhile kim k is out here on the runways with 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 what she calls boxer braids and then i go to school and like all the all the little girls at my like majority of the white high school are like, oh my god, do boxer braids on me? I need this. I need it. I need to look like Kim K. And I'm like, what? What? I said I came into the spot with my <laughs> and all of y'all were, but now you're okay. Okay, cool, cool. It's it's totally fine. I hope you hear the sarcasm. <laughs> But it's really, really not, not the end. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, no, it, it, it's super not. It's super not. That's, that's the impact, you know? It's like you don't get to enjoy the things that are a part of your culture because, like, you just don't. Because yeah. they're, not, they're not fun on you, mm-hmm. but they're fun on someone who doesn't look like you at all. Yeah. And then on the other side of that, uh, I hear a lot of times, like, well, black women wear blonde wigs or weaves or black women straighten their hair so why is there you know why is it not the same and i don't think people realize that no we are literally afraid of existing in these spaces without having to like assimilate at least a little bit because it is so deep rooted there there's a period of time where if you wore your natural hair you would not get a job and so in a world where if i wear my natural hair I cannot work or will be violating some sort of rule, mm-hmm. then you wearing box braids for funsies is not the same, same thing. It isn't. It is, especially because, like, also, straight hair does not belong to anybody, so. It doesn't. 
and wigs and weaves aren't being made out of Caucasian hair, so... Let's talk about how the girls would like to demonize black women for having weaved when extensions exist. No, your fave pop star wears a fake ponytail. Literally, Ariana Grande's ponytail is fake. I don't know if any of y'all know that, but... And that's fine. She attaches it. Wear it. She said, you like my hair. Do you think just bought Bought it? it. She says she just bought it. So, but you know, no one's in her DMs talking about how she's so ghetto, so. Yes. We're like, oh my God, where can I find this ponytail online? And you have it. And it's just kind of, you know, again, like it is the racism. It is like anything. I feel like if, you know, like Black Eva come up with a new, the new, new hairstyle like next week and everybody would be like, wow, that looks ridiculous. And then as soon as you see it on like a Kim K or any of the, really any of like the Kardashian. No, you're going to see them wearing the bayang and I'm going to die. The bayang. The bayang. Oh, oh. I'm not going to sing for y'all. But, but yeah, no, that, that could totally happen. And then it'll be different. It'll be hitting really different for everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of, it's just not fair, you know? Oh my God. But also like appropriating black hair care ways. Like the girl who said, what if I charged people a hundred dollars for a bonnet? hundred. I said, I saw the ad and I said, girl, I paid $6 for my bonnet from the local beauty mecca. You probably get it for cheaper, to be honest. Right. I paid like $10 for my silk pillowcase. So, and it came with a little certificate that said, this is made of real silk and how to test it. So I... You want, to pay, you want me to pay $100? For why? For a bonnet. For why? For whom? Not for me. To profit off of black people. <laughs> right. That's the for why. Or like Caucasians who don't know better, to be honest. But Also... <laughs> But yeah, I saw a girl once get get box braids and the braider charged her like $400. And I said, who? <laughs> I said, who? And I saw her and I said, first of all, your hair is going to fall out after you got after, after you take these, these singles out. That's the worst that's going to happen. Second of all, who is, who is paying somebody $400 for some box braids? No. Who's doing it? You know, the braider who did that, undoubtedly said what if i got reparations i mean <laughs> good for them good for them honestly you know what i hope they i hope they spent it well i hope they bought you know some fenty with that or something <laughs> but you know i hope they i hope they put it back into the ecosystem yes. <laughs> but yeah but no moral story is black hair is beautiful and we would like to have it sometimes we would like to love it we would like to enjoy it we would like to live in it and not have consequences for that well, now I think that we have spilled all of the tea out of all of the kettles, so it is time to say farewell. But before we go, Aaliyah, where can our listeners find you? I am at It's Aaliyah Dorsey. That's I-T-S-A-L-I-Y-A-H-D-O-R-S-E-Y on Twitter. And I am at Leah underscore Alexandria. That's at L-I-Y-A-H underscore A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-I-A on Instagram. And Yasmin, where can our listeners find you? Well, you can follow me at Yasmin underscore S-A. That's at Y-A-S-M-E-E-N underscore S-A. And as always, please follow us at Black Girl Tea Party on Instagram and Twitter. 
to stay up to date with episodes, info. Yeah, or you can email us email at party at gmail.com. Period. Talk to us. Yeah, but this is the end of our inaugural Yes, episode. thank you for making it to the end of our inaugural episode of our podcast. I don't know who gave us one. I don't know who allowed it. Well, else we do, but you know, you know, thank them for letting us have a podcast. Um, and be sure to tell your friends about our show. Please give us listens so that we can get a good grade and proud of them. Um, yes. We would like that. Yes. Um, and encourage us to listen. And we will see you all next week. Um, remember to love often and with all your heart. And we'll see you next time.